Welcome back to another episode of the X's and O's podcast. It's your boy, Mr. Selenke in the building. Mm. I'm joined by the Bronze Bomber. Ah. The now Mr. Reliable, Danny Tinker. Thank you, thank you. And we've got a very special guest in the building of us. The head coach of the GB under-19s and under-17s program, Mr. Neil. What's up, boys? You good? Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Love that. Thank you very much for coming down. And before we get into things, um, could you please let us know a little bit more about who you are and more specifically how you got into the sport and your position now. Uh, so my name is Neil McMaster. Most people know me as Nelly. Yes. Um, I played with Clyde Valley Hawks, the oh, wow. junior player back in the day. Played one season, turned 18, moved up to East Coast Pirates. Okay. Much love to the Pirates. Yeah, big up the Pirates. I uh, love them. Still do. Uh, uh, yeah, played with them for... 10 seasons, I think. Wow. Uh, played with Glasgow Uni for a couple as well. Then moved down to Bedford yep. for work. Okay. And stayed down here. So played one year at Blue Raiders. Um, and then there was the whole we'll take over Blue Raiders, pick up those Valley Eagles and yeah. do all that stuff. So we merged that. Okay. And started coaching now. And then th- through some luck, charm, <laughs> and ability, I've managed to, to find my way into GB head coaches role. Cool. Was that yeah. something you always wanted to do, or was it a case of just going up the ladders and then being in the right place at the right time? Or I definitely, always wanted, like I used, I went to a couple of camps as a player. Yeah. When um, Coach Rick and Stephen McCusker and that were there, I yeah. loved it. Just loved the experience of what those guys were like yeah. putting out and how different it was to club practices. Yeah. Um, but I started coaching at the under 17s at EKP. Yeah. And just found that it's so like you get way more out of that. Mm-hmm. So I always wanted to do it with the junior program when it came back. Yeah. Um, so done a whole lot of work at Ouse Valley, spent some time in the States to kind of like CBD almost, like oh, I didn't wow. feel okay. like I could give anything back. Yeah. So I went and learned as much as I could and then, yeah, the opportunity came about and the last uh, group under Jason, Henry, yeah. and then you know, what went on there and then got made interim head coach and then full-time head coach last summer. Love that. Um, and I guess it's... M- a little bit difficult to say now but what were your plans um for this year or what are your plans for next year if you, if you can share for the program because i don't think a lot of people know much about the under 19 team are they are they successful have they been successful um they have been in the past yeah um like i, I don't know the exact dates but i know yeah. when steve rains coached they, they won a whole of the games okay um like early 2010s i think yeah um, they won a ton then um recently we haven't been yeah um but but it's certainly something we're working on so the plan for this year has now just been bumped back a year basically okay mm. uh so we don't know when we'll come back <coughs> we'll for the purposes of this we'll assume january but yeah. it definitely won't be january yeah. um january february you'll get back into practicing again so under 17s and under 19s teams completely separate teams different coaching staffs but yeah. same playbook um get them back in, then we'll have a, some sort of trial yep. uh, just for any players that we've not picked up. There's a whole new raft of under-17s and under-19s players coming in, so we want to keep the squad fresh all the time. Uh, then we had a game scheduled to play against Belgium yeah. away. Um, so like we go to them next year and then they'll come to us in 2022. Yeah. Uh, and then we're trying to get another game set up. So there's loads of teams who want the players. Yeah. Uh, French Pole Revolution want to play as uh, Pride have spoke about trying to play as as well and oh, like okay. 
Nice. It's just trying to figure out how all that stuff will work. Because obviously, a ton of our players play on the Pride. Yeah. And, you know, we want them, they want them. So there's logistical issues, but it would be a better thing to do, I think, for yeah. the squad. But yeah, so that's a plan. And then there's IFAF qualifiers coming up. Okay. What should have been about now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to guess they'll be about the same this time next year, yeah. but we don't know for definite yet. Cool. Is that a qualifier for the main tournament? Yeah, that's for the Euros. Okay. And assuming the Euros are going to be 2023, perhaps then, or nobody they were knows meant that. to be 2021. Oh wow! Mm. So they might just bump them back a year to yeah. 2022, but they're every two years. Yeah. So you don't miss a ton. Okay. But um, we haven't made it in a while. Oh. <laughs> we were close last time. Close yeah. Session, when we played Norway, yeah. um, you know we were up at half time, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, we we lost it in the second half, mm. but that was the closest we came in a while. Yeah, what what would you what would you say is missing then? Because we've got the NFL Academy, we've got Filton Academy, we've got some serious ballers as as young as sixteen, seventeen that are sort of telling us now that they they want to go to the states, they want to go to college. Is it tough trying to pick up those guys and getting them into GB or? Um, I think if we can get them younger, the better. So okay. if we can get them before they go to Pride and before they go to Academy, yeah. I think it's a bit easier to keep them in the GB system. Yeah. Like if they if we pick them up when they're already at the Pride or they're already at the Academy, then they they guys are on a slightly different path to normal GB player. Yeah. And those guys are like NCAA bust pretty much, yeah. I would say. Like yeah. that's maybe an overstatement, but their goal is certainly to NCAA. Get them. So yeah. um I think over the next five years, our goal should be to scout and recruit under 17s way more than we do. Okay. And we want to pick mm. up under 17s players and then yeah. have them graduate too. That's for me, that's got to be the goal. In terms of what we're missing, like if you look at our athletes, mm-hmm. so wide receivers, DBs, top end linebackers, top end running backs. We can compete with the rest of Europe. We can compete with the NCAA teams. I agree. When you get into your linemen, O linemen and D linemen, there's a it's not even a drop off; it's a cliff. Wow. Wow. So you get like one or two who are exceptional. Mm-hmm. It's like the um, Ouse Valley kids who came from Bedford. He's at the academy now. Uh, Freddie Pelling just got first Div one scholarship. Oh yeah. Uh, offer from Akron. Yeah, Boy, Rich Wazzle, if you're watching. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a prank. You know, I was watching highlight tapes with him yesterday. Dude. He's, he's uh, six foot, six foot eight, 300, 310 pounds. Something like Something that. Something like yeah. that. It's just ridiculous. And uh, how old is he? He's like... 17 now, I think. He'll be <laughs> 16, 17 border. Yeah, like... That is ridiculous. But he's so f- different to the rest of the linemen yeah. because yeah. His, he understands, like, his role isn't to block the guy. His role is to move him. Yeah. And he, like, just fires out and destroys people. And he's yeah. a tackle. Yeah. He's not even a guard. No, nah, he's tack- playing right tackle just now. Nah. Um so yeah, there's him, there's another one from the under seventeens who's just went up to the academy as well. Yeah. Um I think he'll do really well, but it's these are guys who were playing running back mm. and D line at mm. youth and junior yeah. and now we are saying you need to put all the glory aside <laughs> and like, come and play all yeah. Yeah. I think that's a change that'll come. Mm. Yeah. Th- that's where we can start to use the pride in the academy and to an extent like these recruiting companies that are about yeah because you look uh, like europe's elite yeah uh, podium, PPR, all those guys, podium, yeah. 
90% of the players that they get through to NCAA are all I'm in the dealing. Wow. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. From across <coughs> Europe. That is very, very true. Uh, because they're the ones they get through are freaks. They're six, eight, yeah, three hundred and ten yeah. pounds at seventeen. Like yeah. it's there aren't that many people mm. like that. So um yeah, the younger we can get them in and get them training at eleven on eleven, the better I think we'd be. Um and getting them used to playing offensive line. Mm. Make yeah. people understand that offensive line is the possession of the <laughs> Is there any like um impetus or plan for maybe uh, reaching out in terms of scouting in terms of reaching out not reaching out but maybe having um, trial sessions in the London area to attract players more players from the likes of the London Blitz who are uh, you know undoubtedly <laughs> yeah how many times yeah, 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 yeah. Our best under 90 programs but a lot of things we hear is that uh, most of the players can't get down to the trials or most of the players can't afford to yeah, to, to play for GB, is there any? I mean, do you have any vision in terms of um, diminishing that and making that less of an excuse for those that can't afford or can't get down to trials? Like in, in money terms, we don't get. Uh, we're a zero sum program, okay. So we get nothing from Bafa really, um. But we, uh, like any money we get in, we will put back into the program. Yeah. Um. So generally speaking, the way it's worked before is like Bafa, we give the teams money. To subsidise tournaments, so like if you made the Euros or something like that, you've yeah. got that. But um, so my plan for this year, what we've d- started to do before COVID hit, was like we want to move practice about. Mm. So it's a national program. Like mm. we've got kids from Inverness. Obviously, I'm a bit partial to the Scottish <laughs> kids. Coming <laughs> in, so like, so yeah, like we want, I want to keep them a bit involved. Um, and then we've got kids from Cornwall as well. So, mm. like, so yeah, we've had Hertfordshire. Bristol, GMO more than we should have been at GMO, mm. but it's very cheap and it's a really good pitch. Okay. Um, and we had one planned in the northeast as well. Mm. Um, so where we're at now is like, I'm writing up a, like a questionnaire now, like a review stage to go out to the players, the parents, and the coaches. Nice. And yeah. said like, what did you think of this? Did this work? Um, if they come back and say yeah, it worked, then we'll do it again next year. Yeah. If it didn't work, then you'll change. Mm. So we might move to like a single location, mm. which might be like just south of Birmingham or something like that, where it's you know loads of easy travel links to get the yeah. train up or up. Mm. Um, there's other options as well where you look at um, Coach Damon is on our staff. He done a like all the postcodes and stuff. Okay. So like sixty five percent of our under 19s team is Birmingham and South. Wow. Yeah. Whereas the under 17s is more fifty fifty. Yeah. So it's like, then what do you do? Do you mm. have one set of rules for the under 19s, one set of rules for the under 17s? Mm. So like, I don't think there's a right answer. Mm. Um, what I'm willing to say is like, we're trying. Mm. You know, I'm willing to change to make it the best solution we can get for that yeah. year. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hammer myself to the math and go like, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I want to find the best solution we can get. And I think the best way to do that is to get the opinions of everyone who's involved in the program. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, so you could potentially say like we'll use the academy's pitch and we'll use the pride's pitch mm. and one other. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know that would probably be quite a good solution. Mm. But if you're in Inverness, you ain't coming mm. to that. Mm. I'm gonna put you in the deep end now, coach. <laughs> that was in the deep end. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, respectfully, coaches. There's not many black 
coaches within the under 19 program and for whatever reason we don't know that but is there anything that you want to do do in terms of encouraging more black coaches to come because well, I can imagine if I was 16, 17, 18 I would like to have CGB as a way I could reach out to maybe a role model you know you've got some boys who grew, who grew up in London who don't have father figures so yeah. football could be a way for them to find that father or role model which could keep them off the streets and keep them off the gangs and yeah. keep them off yeah. etc so it's important mm -hmm. I know you might you know, some people might think oh it's just American football we, we teach them how, we coach them how to play and then that's it well with me I see coaching is deeper than that yeah, it's yeah. much deeper than that yeah. Should so yeah, so, so what yeah, are you in terms of that what are you I think what do you envision th there's there's elements of who I am mm. that I think most people would be able to get on board with like I'm not from yeah. a particularly posh background I'm mm. not from a particularly well off background um, and I think the way I am has been developed through that so I think there's a lot of things that I am that will come across to people of any colour yeah, yeah. you know no matter what yeah. and I think the values I've got are worthwhile for everyone um it's something that i brought up last year with you yeah um not, what are those not because he's black no no because i was because he was on this podcast and yeah. it wasn't me that brought it up mm. as a coach you probably you guys all know called scott Rowe. yeah yeah, yeah. um Legend. he mentioned it to me so i was the last national program coach i had to go through the open recruitment process yeah so like jason now and Wayne with the students uh, and whoever becomes the, the women's head coach they'll be able to point their own staff yeah. so they can just go out and be like I want yeah. you, I want you mm. and I agree with that mm. because yeah. you need to trust them and you know there's a whole lot of things going with that 100%. Uh, I had to open it out to applications why did you have to open it up to applications by the way? that was the just a rule that was the BAFA edict at the time was oh. Okay. Uh, everything's open recruitment. Yeah, and that's so the right way. That. That's yeah. the right way. It should be like that across the board. But then that leads to your question, which is: mm. I put it out to open and uh, open applications, mm. and I have, I know a lot of coaches, and I know a lot of really good coaches. Yeah. But I am very open to the fact that I don't know everyone. Mm. So, like some of our best coaches, I would say, are guys who are like, like Tom Hammett from Yorkshire Browns. Yeah. 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 Like who Amazing. would have heard of yeah. him? Yeah generally speaking but like he's came in and he's been phenomenal yeah brilliant coach um yeah, yeah. like so th like i'm really open to that mm. we had one or two i think applications of non-white people for a better yeah. term non-white people um one of which was charles who yeah. came on as a general assistant because yeah. he's, he's he's still at the bottom of the yeah he's, <laughs> he's, hungry, he's hungry he's hungry <laughs> yeah, yeah. tenacious <laughs> and yeah. Uh, there was another kid who applied to be special teams coordinator but couldn't make it since then we've brought on another so Kev Kong who's yeah, the Kev DB's Kong, coach yeah. is oh, I hope he's not listening I think he's from Hong Kong <laughs> in the sense I don't know what you call people from Hong Kong but like I think yeah. that's where his fa family's yeah. from but he's English again but yeah. th like that's pretty much it and it was something yeah. that like I was asking a question yeah. like I would I would almost put it back to you guys a little bit like mm, yeah. you guys are black players yeah, yeah. Uh, you've lived a life that I can't, yeah. uh, mm. you know, possibly think of mm. in terms of like how you've been treated by people and stuff. Like, mm. um, do you think? Obviously, you're in it, so it's yeah. maybe a, probably a bit better at you. But yeah. why mm. did you want to become a GB coach? Um, for me, 
it's I think it was the naturally the, the the next step, and I think similar to what V was saying, um, I played a sport and I played um, in teams where there haven't been many um, coaches of ethnic background. So I thought, why can't I be that guy to yeah. sort of buck that trend and and like V said, be a mentor to some of the younger kids that want to go to where I've been plus more. So I think that was it for me, just being able to coach um, kids similar to myself and not just similar to myself, but from any background and just give them the opportunity or, or the right coaching techniques or the right understanding to know that I'll hold on off the field. Do you know what I mean? You can you can speak to me if you've got, or if you need any advice as to what to do in any walk of life, be it football or unfootball related, then yeah, like give me, give me a chat. And there's a few blitz guys that play GB that will hit me up once in a while. They're from the academy and, and, and that's what I do it for because yeah. I know it's tough. Yeah. I've told these guys before, um, when I first started playing American football, my mum was like, I don't want you playing this sport. <laughs> and then I, I'm grateful that I have because it's taken me to, taken me to places that I, I never thought I would um, I would be. Um, but I think off the back of that, there are people that are quite the opposite of me. If There are going to be people that have played this sport and they think, actually, hold on, there's no black or, or, or Asian coaches. Why, why would I do it? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm, I'm going to play, I'm going to be an athlete and then that's that sort of thing. And not to say I understand it, but I can see their angle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can I can see why there's some some people that see it like that. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a tough one, and it's it's, a, it's brilliant that you asked that because I I don't know why people wouldn't. Apart mm. from that reason, I yeah, don't know sure. why people can wouldn't. I, like use that then as mm. like if you're if you're like a player now who's nearing the end of their career yeah. and you want to move into coaching, like give me a shout. Yeah. You can like come and visit a program see what we do mm. there are Love general that. assistant spots yeah. yeah not the best job in the world a lot of it's picking yeah. up cones a lot of it's you know doing what we ask yeah but the one thing we've said is that we'll give every ga who's on our staff one drill of practice oh that's nice yeah. to, that's so that's your like development opportunity yeah. so then the coach the positional coach becomes your assistant yeah. for that bit so it's a little bit about how you treat them i personally think the way you've done it is in my opinion brilliant because yeah, you've done an open process, but at the same time, at, at the end of the day, your main positional guys are going to be your positional guys, the ones mm. that you want in that position, and they're going to have assistance, and that's that's enough for a lot of people, because yeah. yeah, yeah. like you said, you've got the likes of Tom Hammett, um, James Wilford, Kevin Kong, myself, there are quite a few young coaches on the GB on the 19s, on mm. the 17s um, roster, that nobody would have ever heard of, or given a chance to, until you did. So, first and foremost, props for that, and secondly, thank you, because, mm. yeah, I, I don't understand why other programs can't take note and do the same. I understand head coaches want to get their guys in. That's fine, get your guys in. But what's wrong with having a GA or an assistant that's gonna mm. be able to at least get their foot in the door and understand if this is for them or if it's not for them? That's there's a there's a, a cross between like I need my guys because I trust them and I want to bring in new people to develop them. Yeah, and it's finding that balance is really hard, really hard. So I think we are we are probably on the development side a little bit. Yeah. maybe a bit, little bit too much I mean yeah. if you can be too much to help me, like, <laughs> um, I think in two or three years time you know there's an obvious rotation in coaches because yeah. what we ask what I think I ask of my coaches is quite a lot um, for a national programme so there is a rotation and what we've started doing already is like um, coaches are coming up so like Kev wasn't the DB's coach yeah, to begin course, with yeah. Kev started off as a GA yeah. and we had to move James Wilford from DB to, to D line. So Kev moved up. 
and that was in discussion with James where Scott Rowe yeah. um, and Russ Hewitt who's the DC and yeah. like from what you've seen of this guy is this guy good enough to step up and be a positional coach and lead mm. it and like the I'm sure Kevin won't mind me saying like yeah. the, the, the only knock on him was he needs to be a bit more vocal with some of the mouthier DBs yeah. like you know you need to put them in yeah. place now there are like, some DBs that are a bit like I'm from the NFL Academy I can yeah. do what I want uh, yeah but but like it's a, I think it's in a good way. Yeah. Like there's a lot of them are like they're used to a really high level and they yeah. challenge wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're not getting it, they're going to stand there and call you out. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I really want that. I really yeah. encourage that. Um, because yeah. you've got to get good reps, man. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But yeah, yeah, so there was that that little cycle with Kev. Uh, we're going through it again with wide receivers and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like it's a constantly evolving situation. So if you're out there and you're thinking about coaching. Mm. Like come along, like there's you can come and visit. You know, there's no obligation to do anything. Just come mm. and see what we're doing. Mm. Uh, you can be in all the meetings, all the staff meetings, everything. Mm. Um, just come and see. Or, uh, you know, if it's something you're going to take seriously, mm. then you know, hit me up and we can have a chat about like what we are, our expectations are, what your expectations are. And yeah. You know, we can see if we can make it fit like a genuinely open program. Yeah. We're advocates here of of constructive criticism. Yeah. So. Take yourself outside of the GB setup. What would you say is the the challenges that you 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 face or continue to face? Um, if you were um, an auditor or something, what would you do to kind of change the setup from an outsider perspective? Um, the the dream mm. is to have our own spot. Yeah. Have like a little stadium. Yeah. That's Bath owned. Powerful. That's like. Um, like even like baseball's got it and I get making a baseball stadium is like nothing yeah. but if you could have that like just logistically it makes like it really easier because yeah. then you can keep all your equipment there yeah. yeah, you can keep everything there like that's one of the struggles we've got is like so I've got all our footballs all our under 19s and <sighs> under 17 football in my um, shed at the back one of the parents has got our jerseys because wow. they took them home and washed them Wow. And like simple things like that. Yeah. So like we make sure under nineteen we give every player the same jersey every practice. Yeah. Right. So on film we can see the number and we yeah. know who they are. And then when we send NCAA teams or the academy or the pride film, we can say he's number eighty five. Yeah. Mm. And they know like simple things like that just make life so much easier. Yeah, exactly. But you get to a point <coughs> where, you know, you've got a DV wearing a two XL jersey because he turned up yeah. five minutes, you know, before practice started, like, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, because you've gave out, yeah. Yeah. you know, numbers, there's yeah. more tape on the jersey to keep yeah. it tight yeah. than <laughs> jersey at that point, but, um, yeah, I think, externally looking in, it's really easy to point fingers and go, you're not doing this, you're not mm, doing that. Yeah. Like, and I, I do understand, believe me, that mm. I'm not, I don't think what we're doing is perfect. Mm. I think what we're doing is barely scraping good. Well, at this point um, but we are doing the best we can that's it yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think like more money's good obviously <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like from my point of view I'd love to be able to give my coaches expenses yeah. like that is a minimum I think that would be like a really good thing to do uh, I'd like to make camps free for players mm. and their camps are only a tenner yeah. and like I've vowed to parents that they will never be more than a tenner mm. um, so what that's done is so we started what September last year yeah. was our first one. Mm -hmm. um, since so from September to March, we've made 
650 quid-ish. So that 650 quid stays in our account and then we we make a little bit off every account. Mm. And then once we get to a game, in theory, we could pay that money out. So that just comes straight off the top and then you just divide the rest by yep. everyone else. Yeah. Or we can continue to save it and use it for a tournament when the cost mm, will be yeah. significantly That's smart, higher. Yeah. That's a good idea. Um, it also allows us to invest in kit. So like the previous regime didn't have football. What? Wow. So I had to, I had to use Ouse Valley's <laughs> footballs wow. to come up, which what? meant the under-17s were using under-19s footballs. footballs yeah. Oh yeah, different sizes. Yeah. Oh, um, that's all good. they got little hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of them do. Yeah, <laughs> all of like them. When you, at trials and stuff, yeah. Yeah. At trials, you get some proper little kids yeah. who are like, I can't explain Tiny. what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like we've moved on in that sense. So we spent about a grand buying equipment that we need, you yeah. know, cones, yeah. football uh, nets to carry the balls around in, yeah. uh, and a whole load of stuff. So yeah, we've, we've started that. And, but it's been some money for that side of things would be good. Mm. I think I'm torn between moving location and having a single one. Yeah. I do think having a single location, Birmingham Derby, yeah. somewhere in that neck of the woods. Yeah. I think, like, yeah. I, I, I like that idea. I, I've never thought of it, but I think if Baffa had like a hub, like a mm. stadium with a couple offices for the directors, Pete, and then mm. somewhere where the men's team, the women's team, all the youth teams, the, the students, yeah, everyone just goes to and has, has their camps. That would be out as well. If you could have... Like it doesn't need to be huge. You doesn't. could legit make it out of porter cabins. Yeah. Oh yeah. And knock them through. Yeah. yeah. Just as a design idea. I think yeah, yeah. As well. Yeah. But like you have three levels of porter cabins. Level one's changing rooms and a gym. Yeah. So you can test some stuff. Level two's offices and then level three's your video. Yeah. Stuff. That's that'd be brilliant. Uh, that'd like, be yeah. 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 You need off the top of my head thirty porter cabins. Mm. And a lot of companies will donate them and all. The really? problem yeah, because mm-hmm. I looked in it out of Furrows Valley. A lot of like Maersk shipping and all those guys have a program in place that they'll do wow. shipping cabins. You just need to be able to put them some, get yeah, yeah, uh, and sort them all out. But that's quality. Yeah, so it's I, I might need one of those to <laughs> 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 uh, to have like a man cave for myself. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, I feel you on like, that. Yeah. Something else I was going to ask. Um, there seems to be like with the GB men's team, there seems to be a stigma that it's a step back for a lot of the players that are GB caliber and beyond, mm. i.e. the ones playing in Europe or the ones that even play for the Baffer teams. And with what you just said about getting kids on the under seventeen GB squad before they get to the academies, is that is that a thing that you see in the youth and junior programs as 100%. well? Why do you 100%. think that is? Um, uh, to put it like, if you're in their shoes. Mm you've got a scholarship offer why would you come and work out like you're working out the academy or the pride every time mm. like you're getting high level of competition high number of reps and it's really good quality you come to gb where and i'm guessing at this point 70 percent of the squad isn't in the pride or the academy mm. now that number might be a bit high but let's use that so the quality isn't as good because 70 percent of the kids aren't practicing four yeah, times a week yeah. like you're going to risk injury. You're going to risk it not being as good because yeah. it isn't as good. Um, but the throwback I would use is look at all the players who play for England at rugby. Mm. Look at all the players who play for the British and Irish Lions at rugby. Yeah, like they don't get anything from that. 
Oh, well, to be honest, they got a whole lot of swag. <laughs> Some merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, like that's basically it. Like you're playing for pride. You're playing yeah. for the opportunity mm-hmm. to play for your, com- for your uh, country. country. Yeah. Um. And for a lot of for a lot of kids in our country now, like if you don't want to go to the pride or don't want to go to the academy or you don't have the money to do either, so I don't live in Bristol or London. Yeah we're the only other opportunity for you to play living or non football and get some film together yeah. mm. you know like in one of the things we preach and you've probably heard me say this like our practices should be good quality film good quality practices because then you can use practice film to get offers yeah. that's true because mm. that's what the academy's yeah. doing like the yeah. academy's never played a game yeah but their practices are of such a quality that the yeah. colleges will look at it and be like yeah actually i can see this yeah working out and i'll take mm. they're still taking a bit of a flyer on them but not so much yeah. So for kids who aren't, um, yeah, aren't in the pride of the academy, this is like GB is your opportunity to get a living on a film. Yeah. So how how again? I guess from outside, if you weren't GB head coach, how would you change the culture currently in Britball to make it so it isn't a step back? Because obviously, in no other sport, I don't think in any other sport is representing your country a step back. Mm. So how do we change that? Step like, back in terms of quality in terms of money like in terms that's of that's in terms of the stigma there is a step right. back like um i don't think well i am legit try to change the culture but mm. it's slow like yeah. i can imagine it. and there isn't a ton of help mm. admittedly i haven't asked for a ton of help either but like um we are trying to be a lot more open with what we are doing yeah um we've la- last summer 2019 i think um, we actually sent coaches out to programs mm, to scout them, and this mm. year one of the like we were meant to be, so we don't practice between. We will have a game in May because of the bank holidays and stuff. So we we will probably always have a game in May. Yeah. June, July, August. We at the moment don't practice because we our job is to go out and scout. Yeah. So I want to get to a point in three four years where we don't have trials. We're just continually out there. Each coach has their own little mm, bit yeah. to go and scout, their own teams, they keep up the connections, you know, mm, the players, yeah. you go and see them at practices, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think in the ne- a year or two, you'll start to see a big culture change in that sense that people will be like, actually, it's not this really niche outside programme, it's it yeah. is representative. Yeah. That's yeah. what GB is, like it represents Great Britain. Mm. Yeah. And if you want to represent people, you've got to know them. Does it? Yeah. So it's tough it puts a ton on the coaches and this goes back to the point I made to you earlier like there's a high turnaround in coaching mm. staff because people do it for a year or two and then realise like it's too much it's, it's a lot of money because yeah. you're spending a lot on fuel travelling about looking at people yeah. mm. um, it's the invisible work that makes it all happen mm. so you don't get any credit for it mm. you don't get any real enjoyment out of it probably yeah. With the exception of maybe me and Scott Rowe, we mm. seem to be the only people who actually enjoy <laughs> scouting <laughs> and backroom stuff. Yeah. But, um, Scott yeah. loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just <laughs> saying, like, me and him have had some proper conversations <laughs> about how you value people yeah. and what we're doing. But, like, yeah, like, it's really tough to get yeah. that. Think, and there is a number of staff in the UK that can actually do it. Mm. I think if I was Buffer and I wanted to work around that, how about like um, doing it virtually? So when we do start if we do start another late season another Britball season stuff like asking for tape and getting teams to encourage teams to produce good so, tape yeah. and invest in good game tape and, and practice tape and then if for example 
uh, Solenke asks for um, tape of a particular uh, game or something, he can now see if there's any standout players uh, that he could potentially uh, offer to um, scout. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's impetus to kind of work around that, but how how easy would that be in terms of funding and getting teams to to buy into that because that's expensive as well. Uh, it's a, like for you to have a setup that we could work mm. off. Mm. You need a bike stand, yeah. a pole, and a <laughs> yeah. camera, Honestly. like a GoPro. Mm. That like get the extendable painter's pole that goes yeah. up to eight meters. Yeah, yeah, and you can record it off your phone on the ground. Like, yeah. yeah. That would be enough, and that's the stand. That should be the standard. You know, every team should have good tape. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get GB to upgrade, so mm-hmm. I want us to get like spend like three grand on a system <sighs> that is like it's two cameras. Yeah, that one operator can control via, I can't remember if it's an iPad or an actual controller, yeah. but yeah. something, like that. and he can control both cameras. Wow, right. Um, so you can set them up from his spot and record them. So What's it called? Vivo? Ah, is it? Don't, okay, know. Might be. Okay. don't know. Um, it was a rugby system. But it was something that I looked out and sent to Mike Callan and said, look, this is something I would like us to do because it's three grand one off. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like, if you don't explain this to people, people will like jump down your throat a bit. <laughs> like, why are you spending three grand on a camera? Mm, yeah. like, especially for us the value we would get and our players would get out of having that quality film massive would be huge yeah uh, like just in massive. terms of being a tape that they can send yeah. off to yeah. people mm. and all, like all that plus then the men's team can use it the women's exactly team can that. use it mm. the flag team can use it mm. we can take it to away games oh. where they probably don't have as yeah. good mm. a set up some do mm. yeah. but like Holland we only got <laughs> Holland we only got wide film oh. and then <laughs> I was chatting to Ben Herod at the Pride and he said he had the tight film so oh, Ben wow. sent me the tape film. They didn't oh. even send it to us. Wow. Mad. So like, there's yeah, and that was the last regime. But mm. yeah, it was so there's stuff like that. Like, it, I think it would just be a massively worthwhile purchase. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not in the current situation. Mm. You know, they've just got a ninety k grant to keep the doors open. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, so <laughs> I don't think now's the right time yeah. for it. But like, when everything's up and running again, like that's where I'd like to mm. get to yeah. invest in it a little bit and start growing it slowly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of avenues like crowdfunding. I'm sure I'd put a tenner towards. I mean, a fiver towards, or to, to to if if the GB set up wanting to, you know, buy yeah. film to, mm. to to improve the program five ten years down the line. Yeah, exactly. I'd that. put fifty pound or ten pound to to that as a, as a as a charitable donation yeah. towards a good cause. I don't think I'm like I'm with you. I'm just mm. a bit sketchy on it because I don't think relationship wise mm. and where we are at as a program, mm. yeah. people want to invest just yet. And that's uh, the thing yeah. we need. Give me another year, give me another mm. 18 months mm. where we can get the scouting stuff done yeah. because that's going to be the number one thing. That's yeah. going to build the relationships with teams. Mm. Um, get us practicing, let us play a couple of games, let us win a couple of games, mm. let people see that what we're doing is working. That's it. Because like we've, the big thing in my interview was like learning from my mistakes. Like my offense the last time around about was like I was like I know what will get these kids prepared for the NCAA. We'll give them an NCAA playbook. Yeah. Nice. And then was shocked when they couldn't run it. Like twelve months trying to work it yeah. back. Yeah. Whereas now we've come in and like I set some ground rules down with Morgan and with us and said like this is your limits. This is what you can do. Yeah. Go and build playbooks around about this. 
and the two of them have been really clever and really smart with what they're doing. Mm. Like, and I think we'll compete at the level we should be competing at. Yeah. Within again the next twelve to eighteen months, yeah. like if we don't make next Euros, I would be fairly disappointed. Yeah. If we can keep the academy and the pride players in the GB squad, hundred percent. If we lose them, I, I think we'll struggle. Mm. Yeah. And that will create such a buzz. Yeah. You know, because that's grassroots. That exactly says that. a lot. It's that makes a statement. Yeah, it's going to create a problem as well. Because mm. going to a tournament's like, that's cash notes, man. Understand? Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, oh, from memory, ten days away. So you wow. like you've got to imagine like if you were if you were going to the oh. last one was in Italy. Yeah. For ten days, like you know, you're probably spending a grand and a half minimum mm. to go on that holiday for ten days. Man. All your all your food, mm. all your yeah, I, like, and I'm not even talking football. Like, you you think about yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you guys went to Budapest. Yeah, that was super cheap. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that, you yeah. still probably spent five hundred. Spent quite a bit. <laughs> like yeah, between yeah. flights and taxis and, and food and yeah, and spa day as well. And other activities. So yeah, like there's yeah, I, like it's not cheap. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is why I kind of want to keep. Yeah. How let's, make, let's make a little bit of money every practice yeah. Yeah. and then we can give it all back and mm. take it off the top yeah. when we need to. Mm. How important is it, how important is it to have the likes of Russell on your staff? Someone that's Huge. part of NFL. Um, yeah. Him, Damon and Scott yeah. are massive for our programme yeah. because they are the experienced guys. Mm. Yeah. Like you said earlier and you guys alluded, like we are young, we're hungry as, yeah. a, as a coaching staff, that's where we want to be. But like I'm smart enough to know I'm not the smartest person in the room and that there are people out there who are way more successful and way more experienced than I am. Yeah. Let's bring them in. You know, I've always found, like I used to work with a guy at Ooze Valley called Nick Tilbury. Yeah. You guys are know from Budapest as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really good guy just to have next to me and say like, look, can we rein mm-hmm. in a little bit? You're going too far. And I like to have those types of people and that's yeah. what they are. They're really good just to be like, look, you're going along the right line, don't worry <laughs> about it. Or, nah, you're pushing us too much, now stop. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then having those links with, you know, having Russ with the academy. And yes. Well, we did have Dan with the Pride, but Pride, yeah. Dan's got the Pride, UE, and us. So he's <laughs> 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 like, that's and that's the that is too many that places. Is, yeah, and the life. That is points, a lot. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just went back to the Pride and UE, but I've got a really good relationship with Ben. Okay. So does our staff. So like we we've not had a problem, and we've been really open with them about, you know, working with them both mm, and, and yeah. trying to be. That's good because I think it's important to Very have a presence, yeah. a, pre- yeah. a presence at, at it both. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that most of our players, like yeah. if both those programs were free, most of our players would come from us mm. because they're the only teams that practice three four times a week. Yeah. Like that makes so, sense. by definition, the best players will be there. Yeah. yeah. They might not be the best players in the country on talent level but they'd be yeah. the best because they play yeah. practice best footballers yeah. yeah um what what are your thoughts on gb students um i for one was a little bit surprised that i guess maybe it's because you've already got two programs that you manage but um i for one was surprised that it didn't semi come under you or it wasn't like no nah, it's always been separate man. i think it should be separate okay well. students are a very different thing to, okay, to work with um like i think Wayne does a pretty awesome job with that, yeah. and you like just even the group of staff and players they had when we went over to it was either Sweden or Finland. I can't remember. I think it might be Sweden. Sweden, I think. But yeah. they went and played there. 
like they still talk about that trip. Oh, like the culture they guys had developed. Yeah. Um, was just insane. Like people still talk about it. Okay. Um, and I was chatting with. So some of the Bafka clinics this year. Yeah. Like we filmed them before. Uh, and Wayne invited me and yeah. Harry, who's the OC for the students team. Yeah. On and we were like chatting away about things and like, you know, they're going a very different route than we are doing. Okay. But it's still good to have those chats and have that yeah. liaison. Like, yeah, just there. I think it should be different. I think it should that's, be separate. That's fair enough and understandable. There's a kind of argument to be made that the under 17 should be separate and all. Well, kind uh, of. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I think 2021, mm-hmm. we'll probably move to have them having a separate OC in DC. Okay. So th- we've already moved to the OC. I haven't told you guys. This could be like an exclusive. <laughs> even the GB coaching staff don't know. <laughs> Jason Shaw. The under 17 running backs coach, yeah. He's now the under 17 OC, OC. Okay. so he'll run the same playbook, yeah. But it's because Morgan can't do both days, both. okay. Um, that makes sense because it's just a fortune in hotels and stuff, yeah. So, yeah, like, and I think it makes the most sense. And he's another one, like, he's the most committed guy in the program by a country yeah. mile, yeah. So, give that guy the reward that he's deserved and said, like, We'll give you this enough. opportunity, gonna call plays, yeah. God, I want to get an under 17 game. I know. Well, I, can, I can feel it. I can, I can, <laughs> you can sense it. I know. Like, can definitely so, sense under 17, it. sorry, that's 11 aside as well. Or yeah. Is that, oh, so it's okay. So, that's their only. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're really. They're up, they're okay. up for it as well. Wow, yeah, I bet they are. Like the, it's another one, like the wide receivers and DBs and the QBs there as well yeah. are ridiculously talented. Mm. But the O line and D linemen just look lost. Because yeah. they're like, why is there people standing next to me? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like this. Why yeah, do, well, yeah, like, yeah. if you move them to tackle, like, oh, I don't have a ball now, like, what am I going to do? do, I do? Yeah. So we spend, like, the morning reteaching them, like, these are, this is a stance, this is what you do. Yeah. And then the afternoon, you get them to practice again, so. Mm. But, yeah, there's, there's opportunities out there. There's big level stuff that me and Mike have discussed, like, like the Scandinavian countries have got their own tournament. Mm. Okay. Wow. So Sweden, Finland, mm. Norway, Denmark mm-hmm. all play each other every year. Oh wow. Under nineteens and under seventeens. Like if I could get a team us, maybe. France. Oh yeah. Uh, Ireland and Belgium. Belgium. Yeah. It's not bad at all. You mm. know, like France had hoses. Yeah. You know, to begin with. But you know, over a couple of years you would hope that would be like your marker post to try and get closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Um so you know like the, the, but they're big ticket items, they're not and there's not a ton of us working on this stuff. Yeah. You know, like, if I want to get a questionnaire out to the parents, I need to create a questionnaire. Yeah. If I want to book a practice venue, <laughs> I need <laughs> to book a practice <laughs> venue. Like, it's yeah. not like there's, there's no one else. There's, yeah. there's me and the coaching staff, that's it. Man. Yeah. A couple of years down the line, GB adults comes calling. What are you saying? Nah. <laughs> Oof. Nah. What? It's quick. It's just not yeah, my, yeah, like, <laughs> youth is very much my bag. Yeah. Yeah very much the thing I want to do it's the thing I want to be really good at yeah um and it's the thing I think we are my type of personality like the way mm. I talk is that I think it just works better with them yeah. like yeah. adults I don't really adults would be cool from a like a prestige point of view but mm-hmm. at that point I'm doing it for myself yeah that's true and the, like that's there's true. always a little bit of I'm a GB head coach. Like yeah. You do smile all the time. Yeah, I am. It's a cool thing. The do you put um, on your work emails as well? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. At the bottom. Yeah, I'm trying to create, if I can get a, some creative on board, I'm trying to get an email footer for my bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Um, 
But so there is always an element that's yeah. for you, but like genuinely with the junior stuff, I see it as being like, let's change the way we do youth football in the UK. Yeah, let's yeah. make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the way Jim uh, done the women's stuff. Like yeah. the whole of Bath mm-hmm. of women's football is set up to help GB. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, I, I think there's there's an element of bits we can take from that that would mm. help. Mm. We've had this like sort of debate before, just sort of moving to a different subject about sort of that age range, youth, junior, and younger. Um, pads or no pads, flag or contact. If you can do it safely, mm. do it. Yeah, but I the for me it's more on the coaches. Yeah. you've got to be able to coach it safely and prove you can coach it safely mm, that's right I there is no stigma for me with playing flag like I think it's an awesome way to go and like if we are honest the only way American football is going to get the, in the Olympics is flag that's right Weird. and are you, are you going to tell me there isn't a coach in this country who wouldn't want to get the rings tattooed on them for coaching hands in yeah hands in I would move tomorrow I would move to yesterday tomorrow if it meant I had a shot against no doubt in my mind 100% I think anyone would so like there's no and I think if you have a stigma about flag football you're way behind the time because it is going to be it's going to be massive for us I think it's going to be the future and elements of the sport yeah. Uh, certainly Olympic wise and that I think that's yeah. going to be the way in the same way that seven rugby was for yeah. for rugby mm. like um, so yeah like, I, I fully encourage everyone to start at flag so kind of what coach Andy was saying yeah. uh, the last time like I think it's a great way to start fundamentals yeah, yeah. Um, but the fundamentals for most things in flag are the same fundamentals as for a lot of things in contact yeah. you know like mm. how you stand how you start how you drop uh, you know all that kind of stuff it's just yeah. about the big guys the big skill mm. position guys like yeah. how do we fix them mm. yeah. yeah but I don't like everyone's seen that American show the, the, the little tights or something like that but the like the horrific coaching these 10 year old kids get on stage <laughs> oh yeah yeah yes, uh, yes 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 no one's looking for that <laughs> like nah. when we when I say like 10 year old kids could play in pads not with those coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah. I think well. it's possible. I think if you could do it, do it. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly no pressure on them. Yeah. Make it That's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It has to be fun. Like yeah. that was the really th- a good thing that Andy said yesterday. Like mm. he's way ahead of me in this stuff. Like yeah. it should be way more fun than it is. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm pretty serious. You know the the ins and outs of. <laughs> Two, two and three jet pass protection really excite me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that most people, well, I'm not yeah. <laughs> um, I guess last few topics before we let you go. Before you um, took on your role as GB head coach, you were involved in setting up a team to go abroad and, and, yeah. and play European fixtures, which, in my opinion, was probably the closest thing players got to representing their country abroad. How did that come along? And it was, uh, so was a website called American Football International. Yeah. And they put out an advert for there's a team in Iceland, the Reykjavik Einherjar, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to, teams to go and play them. Okay. And I said to the boys at Rose Valley, like, this would be a really cool thing to do. Yeah. Iceland's always a place I've wanted to go. <laughs> like, let's try and do it. And, you know, the same with everything, Britball, like, yeah. you know, 80 people signed up from Rose Valley straight away. Mm. We only had a squad of 40, but we had 80 players. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> the co- then the closer it gets to actually paying some money, People, it dwindled people down to about 25 so actually <laughs> we, yeah we went out to double coverage and like it started like really naively it was just a 
let's help seat. them. They need games. Yeah. You know, let's go and help them play a game and see how it goes. Like, that was literally it. At that yeah. point, they hadn't played 11 on 11 football. With the team in Iceland? Yeah, they oh, just wow. played 8 on 8. Oh. Um, so, we were like, like, it was just like, proper naive. Let's just go and help. Yeah. And that was when I started to get into the world of Bath insurance. Oh, wow. What it covers you for, what it doesn't cover mm, you for. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the the political aspects and it went really quickly it was like Martin Cockrell I emailed him to ask yeah. does Bath Insurance cover players for going to this Yeah. he replied no because Iceland isn't in uh, IFA IFA mm. okay um, and then we just immediately said well players get your own insurance and it's yeah. done on a, it's done on a trust thing yeah. even now like there's no coaches insurance oh okay like so it's a proper trust thing and yeah. I think that's the thing that people don't really realise about the herd like you need to be asked to be on it okay so you get okay like if you apply mm-hmm. he needs to nominate you okay yeah if, I do if remember he that nominates process. you and you turn up mm. and again like I'm not in it now so this is up <laughs> yeah. to my beautiful wife and you know there's various other people yeah, doing it's it like a big team now if if he nominates you and you turn up and you're either not very good Kind of a laugh. Rubbish bants. Yeah. Aren't very good in a night out. Mm. Then both of you are off next year. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's a lot of pressure. So, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, people get, all of a sudden, you see all these invites coming through. People are like, yeah, 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 he'll nominate me. And yeah. then I go and speak to that guy. Or like, Katie will speak to that nah. guy. And the guy's like, nah. <laughs> nah. So like, he's, nominate, he's nominated me and this my part, this my party partner. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, we've, we've been to the city, city boys. <laughs> no, we, you have to have a good time, man. What's Honestly. Like, so that's, that's what it's mm. about. Like, And the thing is like, so Mike Ireland's been really big on making it bigger. Yeah. And mm. while I was involved in it, I was like, nah, let's keep it simple. Yeah. It should be, one game a year, yeah. one practice. Yeah. Like the whole point in is it in it is it's to be anti politics, anti yeah. like it's just about football, it's just yeah, about having, having fun. fun. Yeah. Like that's the whole point in it. Yeah. Like we want to win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was kind of one of the things we were quite yeah. big on. Like they're three and oh yeah. they're lost, but it's because it's just fun. Yeah. yeah. Like the weirdest no thing rules, like no one manages it either. Like, yeah. Like the players manage their own reps. Yeah. So I remember in Iceland, like uh, Dwayne Watson played. Yeah. He was running back, and one of the Ooze Valley running backs was there as well. Okay, called Jamie. Like not even close. Like <laughs> five foot six, <laughs> ten stone if he's lucky. Right. Yeah. And Dwayne's telling him to go on, like it's your rep. Wow. Love that man. And they're like, nice. and it's just a uh, yeah. I don't know. It's really hard to describe, but it's purely mm. done on trust. Yeah. Mm. Mm. You know, yeah. this kid broke his, his collarbone in Iceland um, and then just came out the same night drinking and then lad. flew home the next day and then got it seen to. Well, what a hero. <laughs> what a lad. <laughs> what a lad. That's what we like it's to say. Sam, what we're here for. It's Sam Boucher from Sandwell. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, he, he was yeah. even back last year. His um, collarbone yeah. is made out of dust at this point. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Um, yeah, I was going to say, the weirdest thing about it is exactly everything you said. Like, um, mm. I went for the first time last year to Budapest and it was so crazy. You're out there, literally having fun for the first couple of days, and then game day comes on, and it's like everyone's serious now. And it's like, hold on, we were just at the club last night, and everyone's like, no, but we have to win this. I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Time to put my football head on, and then you yeah. play for what sixty odd minutes, ninety minutes, and then literally at the end of it, 
everyone's got a bottle of spirits and showing yeah, out. It's yeah. like, that man, this, this is, this is yeah, literally whistle on the pitch. Barely gone. Yeah, whistle think, literally yeah. barely gone. And everyone's I'm thinking, you know what, this is the life, man. Like, yeah, this is quality. This is literally what you call football and fun. We go out there, mm. had fun, game day, done our business. And literally, like Tinker said, the whistle was on the referee's <laughs> lips and everyone's like opening like drinks and there was Both hot dogs and well. yeah. well. it was yeah. absolutely quality man it's kind of opened my eyes a little as to like how well run other countries teams are yeah. so like when we went to uh, Magaluf mm-hmm. just how well run they were like they had people there videoing it they had wow. DJs and stuff set up uh, they had quite a big crowd like yeah. the Iceland one was insane there was like four and a half thousand people in that game wow like they, yeah, like it was a pro, like a huge big. It was their national indoor stadium we played at, wow. like a proper football pitch that they'd done up. Like there's some elements of it like were like sketchy. So the, <laughs> the, pitch, the pitch was laid out with masking tape. Oh wow! Ah. <laughs> the, the, wow. Rest, the rest were wearing Juventus football tops. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a there was an English ref came over yeah. and he got some abuse. By the way, did he? Like from from other referees. Oh wow! Like it was just insane the amount of abuse this poor guy got. Why is that? I, in fairness, I get where they were coming from. They were just like, "You're not covered to do this. Okay. Don't oh, take right, the risk. Okay. All of this stuff is stupid." And he was like, but I just want to go on a holiday and there's some football going on. Yeah. And he spent more time helping those referees then, yeah. than he did actually ref in the game. But the game took I like four that. hours because their refs were horrible. Mm. But oh, wow. since then, they're way better because a guy called Albert, Albert yeah. took the time to teach them, like, teach this them. is what you're doing. And that's mm. what it was. It was just yeah. about going and helping people. Yeah. Another thing is you meet so many ballers and coaches from like different walks and areas of life mm. that you would have like we're still in the group chat with some of the guys from um her and some of them are one hilarious and two i've made friends that are probably gonna be like mates well, for a long time oh, man, definitely yeah, yeah yeah and i would have video you guys done when you walked into the irish boys room oh yeah 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 um, but yeah, it's like you, just, you meet these guys, and it's like I would have never met you if I didn't come on this trip. So mm, it's crazy. Yeah. One of my favorite things was like before the game when everyone's like around that chessboard, that giant yeah. chessboard, and you can see everyone's got their herd jerseys on and all the different helmets, helmets from yeah. teams like mm. I'd never even heard of in Ireland and yeah. all these places, and just meeting them and talk about the level of football out there and just learning yeah. more and making those connections, man. It's yeah. just it's what it's what's been lacking in Britball. My, you know, for my whole career, if you yeah. will. It's, it's just a, it's a cool thing. If there's a way we could make it work, that's a bit safer, like in terms of coaches insurance, players yeah. insurance yeah. and stuff. I think it would be good to do that. But yeah. at the moment, it's like if you want to play, you take the risk. Yeah. You know, you get your own insurance. Yeah. In fairness, I would argue you should have your own insurance. Anyway, yeah. Um, for coaches, it starts to get really sketchy. Yeah. So the. Like the kind of work around we use is like we're not actually coaching you to do anything. Yeah. So that's like it's another reason yeah. for the veto system getting in. Like yeah. you need to know you can play. Mm. Yeah. Um, I completely agree. But yeah, I think it's just a really cool thing for yeah. for British American football. It's like our Pro Bowl, man. Seeing all the helmets lined yeah. up there and different yeah, flags. Yeah, we had yeah, a Jamaican really cool flag out there. Actually, like yeah. when everyone was lined up, yeah. and all the helmets, helmets were on. Yeah. I really yeah. liked that. 
Yeah, I like that. Anyways, thank you very much again for joining us. I really, I really, really enjoyed that um, episode. It was only meant to be half an hour. It ended up being, what, an hour or so. so. <laughs> no, it's fine, man. It's fine. It's great. We, lo- we love them like yeah, that. Yeah. We love them like that. Um, if you haven't already, please do follow us on all socials um, and on YouTube. That's at X's and O's team. And we'll probably put um, Neil's information about himself and the GB national teams um, in the description as well. So you can hit them up as well. But for now, peace out.